Here we've been studying the book of Genesis and today, Good Friday, I want to take us back to Mount Moriah where Abraham was called to sacrifice his own son. And you'll recall the incredible test that this must have been for Abraham. He and his wife Sarah had not been able to have children but through divine providence, God's provision in their old age, Sarah became pregnant and gave birth to Isaac. What a miracle. What a blessing it must have been for them. And God had said to Abraham, a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He'd also said, your offspring will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. God had given Abraham a son and now God is asking him to sacrifice him on an altar of worship. What a test of faith this must be for Abraham, a test of his obedience. We're going to share in that reading now from Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22, 1-14. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. 
we'll go to the slide after the, the reading. Thanks, David. And so there can be no uncertainty, no confusion over what God was asking of Abraham. Verse 2, chapter 22. God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Take your son, Isaac, and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. There's no mistaking what God is asking of Abraham. Abraham cannot twist this and say, Take your son, your only son, Ishmael, No, it has to be Isaac. What a shock to the system. Sacrifice my only son? You've got to be kidding. This went against everything within human reason, against the promises that God had previously made to Abraham. Nothing about this request would have made any sense to Abraham whatsoever. The tension, the confusion, the the trauma of mind must have been intense. And Abraham has to carry the weight of this request on his own. He can't go to to Sarah and share this with his wife. She would become distraught. She would try desperately to convince him otherwise. There's no way known that you're leaving this house, this tent. What a burden to carry. Consider too the burden that Jesus was called to carry. He had shared with his disciples on numerous occasions that he would be killed and they really didn't understand and they offered him no support. In fact, they desert him. There's nobody there to support Jesus As we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see how heavy the burden was for him. But we also see who he goes to, who he calls out to. He goes to his father. And Luke records that an angel from heaven appears to him and strengthens him. Then having been strengthened, the next verse that Luke writes says this, having been strengthened, being in anguish, he prays even more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Such was the burden that Jesus was carrying. He had been strengthened and yet he is in great anguish. And such was the burden that God would carry. God had said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love. God could apply these words to himself. It's following Jesus' baptism and the spirit of God descends upon him like a dove that we read these words. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased, my son, my beloved son. Jesus, God's one and only son, who he would later ask to walk to his death. 
And the father is carrying this burden too. I cannot step in and take my son's place. As a parent, I cannot step in. And so Abraham sets out on this journey from Beersheba to Mount Moriah. It's a three-day journey. And with such a troubled mind, I doubt that Abraham said much at all during those three days. Deep furrows filled his brow. Did Isaac perceive that Dad was unusually quiet? There are times when the Lord has asked us to do something and we're looking for a reassurance. But God may be quiet. This may be part of the test. Are you going to follow through obediently regardless? Verse 4. On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. When Abraham says, we will come back to you, was this just wishful thinking? Was he, was he trying to convince himself that oh, somehow everything's going to be okay? Was he trying to assure his servants and Isaac that there's nothing out of the ordinary here, it's all cool, it's all, it's all okay? Or was he hoping for a resurrection? We read these words in Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And in so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Abraham believed in a God of the impossible. A God who could do the impossible. A God who had already done the impossible. God had called him out of his homeland. He'd called him to, to leave his family ties and promised him that his descendants would possess a vast stretch of land. God had done the impossible by granting him a son, Isaac, when he's 100 years old and Sarah's 99. God had already proved himself and if, if God had asked him to do something that was against all human reasoning, even appeared to oppose God's promises to him in the past, his faith in God was such that he was going to follow through and trust that God would somehow or other again do the impossible. To this point, there's never been a resurrection. But Abraham's believing for one, believing in God, believing, trusting God. Do you believe in a God of the impossible? 
Last week, Faye challenged us with that thought to, to bring our prayers that we think are impossible and bring them to God. I encourage you this morning to keep doing that. Keep believing in a God of the impossible. Bring your prayers that you think are impossible. Bring them to God. We face many troubling times in life and we want God to do the impossible for us. And ultimately he will. Ultimately he will because it's impossible for us to bridge the gap to a holy God. It's impossible for us to in our sinful state enter the glories of God's presence for eternity. And as Jesus was facing the cross, facing certain death, he's he's also trusting in his Father to raise him from the dead. God would find a way. God would raise Jesus from the dead, just as Jesus had raised others from the dead. The story continues in verse 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and he placed it on his son Isaac. You can picture Jesus with the cross, the wood on his back. Story continues, as he himself carried the fire and the knife and as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and he said to his father Abraham, Father, yes my son, the fire and the wood are here. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and he arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. Mount Moriah is otherwise known as the Temple Mound in Jerusalem. And the mosque, the Dome of the Rock, is built over that very rock that is thought to be this place where this event took place. And so in this same city, centuries later, now the city of Jerusalem, on a hill called Golgotha, God watches as his son, his one and only son, the son whom he loves, is sacrificed. And it's as if God reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But there is no substitute. There was no ram caught in a thicket. There was no angel to call out and say, do not, do not lay a hand on him, do not slay him. The Son of God was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He did not fight to save himself. He was pierced for our transgressions, 
crushed for our iniquities. But it's by his wounds that we are healed. Now, following the salvation of his son, Isaac, the provision of a ram to sacrifice to God, Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Verse 14, and to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And as we go back to verse 8, we read those prophetic, they're actually prophetic words of Abraham as he said to his son, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And God did. These are words that point to Jesus Christ as we praise God for the crossing of Christ. We see that God did indeed provide the lamb, his son. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. When John the Baptist saw Jesus the very first time, he described him in this way. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Peter wrote, You were were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The Lamb of God was slain. For you and I. On Mount Zion, the mountain of God, God did provide for our salvation. What a glorious and gracious demonstration of love. It was love that held Jesus on the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels and just walked away. It was love that resulted in God's provision, God's love for us, for God so loves the world, he so loves you, he so loves me, us, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We praise God for Good Friday. Praise God for the cross. Praise God for the gift of salvation through his son. We're going to close our service in a song in a moment, but we'll just pray before we stand and sing. Let's take a moment in prayer. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We do believe that he died on the cross to save us from our sins. And so as we confess our sin before you, we ask for your forgiveness. And we gratefully, gracefully, again, receive the gift of salvation. And we pray that you would help us to walk with you. We thank you for the assurance that you walk with us and you will never leave us nor forsake us. And so as we go... May you, the God of all grace, who has drawn us, who has called us, 
May you restore us and make us strong and steadfast to your glory forever and ever. All praise and glory to your name. Amen.